0: I forgot to mention Steve at Zoom Bar. See, I'm already yeah. in trouble. I should
1: have <laughs> Zoombar. Yeah.
2: yeah,
0: and that place yeah, I've good. known Steve. I've known Steve for like 20, like 25 years. He's a great guy.
2: Well, I think the thing is still recording, okay. so I'll clip that out and we'll <laughs> right. we'll, edit, we'll edit it into the beginning. Take two, Joe. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Roast West Coast Podcast. I'm Ryan Wolt, and I'm glad you're here for this episode featuring Maria Coffee. And I'm glad you're here because this is it. This is the very last episode of Season 1 of the Roast West Coast Podcast, which featured the Coffee Roasters of North County, San Diego. This show has been a direct reflection of the circumstances imposed upon us all by the coronavirus. I know we're all sick of talking about it, but the pandemic has changed everything. The true impact won't be known for years, even decades, and how it impacts you will depend on a billion different variables. For me, early on, I knew that the thing I missed the most was getting a cup of coffee, or even better, meeting someone else for a cup of coffee. So I tried to figure out how to replicate that from home, and I came up with the idea for the show. I had no idea if anyone would be willing to be on it. I had no idea if anyone would be willing to listen to it. And later in the process, if anyone cared enough that a newsletter recapping and providing depth to the topics covered on the show would make any sense. But it turns out I wasn't the only one craving that connection over a cup of coffee. Throughout the season, I got to meet, albeit virtually, some of the people behind the best roasteries and some of my personal favorite roasteries in North County, San Diego. It has been a blast, and there will be a season two, which is exciting. More about that after my conversation with my final show guests, Grayson Adams, Joe Bettinger, and Ray J. Solaris, who front the Solana Beach, California-based Marea Coffee. That's Marea, not Maria, as I learned. We were also joined at times by Ray J.'s baby, who provided some much-needed pandemic working from home context. Marea is primarily a subscription-based service, but you can still buy individual bags as well, just to sample all of their different roasts. They've pursued a collaborative model by partnering up with local sports stars and artists, they actually came to my attention after I had a virtual tequila happy hour with Taylor Steele, North County's own acclaimed surf filmmaker. They've also partnered with skateboarders Danny Way and Alfonso Rawls, snowboarder Kimmy Fasani, artists Chris Benchler and Sky Walker, and surfer Rob Machado, just to name a few. And in just a minute, we'll drop into my conversation with the guys, Grace and Joe and Ray J. But if you haven't already, please take a moment to sign up for the Roast West Coast Newsletter at roastwestcoast.com. The free newsletter is great, and with it, you're gonna get episode recaps and show updates, and the paid subscription, and the paid subscription, which is good for a full year, is even better. Plus, I'm still running the promo subscription through January, where a paid subscription comes with a copy of Eli and Jane, the fiction novella with some great coffee-drinking scenes, and with the money from subscriptions, I've been buying coffee for frontline health workers. Let's be honest, they deserve way more than just a cup of coffee, but it's a little something to let them know that we appreciate them. And with Chris O'Brien at Coffee Cycles Help, other people have been kicking in too, so we've been continually buying coffees for the past month. You can find details on roastwestcoast.com. Now it's time for yet another cup of coffee, and this show with the team from Morea. So I'd say uh, Joe Grayson and Ray J of Maria Coffee. Welcome to the Roast West Coast Podcast. I appreciate you guys joining me today. It's great to meet you again.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Great time kind of having us.
2: Yeah, uh, if you could just do me uh, and us the, the listeners a favor, uh, and just introduce yourselves and and just what you do at Maria Coffee, so they can place a, a name to the voice.
1: I guess I'll go first. My name is Grayson Adams. Uh, I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders of. It's actually pronounced Maria which means it's Spanish for the tide.
2: It's good for a host to do his research and know the names of the people he's talking to. <laughs>
1: no, it's super common. We've since day one, we've gotten, is it named after Morea, the island in Tahiti or or Maria, all sorts of things. So, but yeah, it's actually Spanish for the tide. So Morea is the proper way, but Morea, we just all call it Morea. So yeah, um, I had this idea a few years back and got together with some friends coach Joe Bettinger and eventually Ray J came on board soon thereafter. And I kind of, kind of make, make sure that the ship is on track and, you know, our vision gets executed, what we want to do on a day-to-day basis. And these guys have other special talents they bring to the table that I won't take up too much time. So I'll pass it on over to Joe.
0: Cool. Joe Bettinger, I'm the, I guess, uh, chief coffee officer and CFO. I handle all things coffee from the sourcing of the green beans at origin and getting those beans up here and imported and all the roasting production. And, and that's pretty much what I do.
3: Yeah. So my name is Ray J. Solaris and, um, I've been helping with a couple different things, but I do primarily marketing and then technology. So building the website, um, getting the subscriptions up and running, um, customer service and that
2: kind of stuff. Awesome. Speaking of, of the website, you guys are a subscription based coffee roasting company. There's no shop that people can walk up to and get like a latte or a cup of coffee or anything. So I'm wondering, Grayson, what was the the origin idea for this? What inspired it? And then why pursue that subscription only business model?
1: At the time, I just had seen how, and mind you, this was about three, four years ago. So way pre-COVID, um, just seeing the future of e-commerce and how, you know, my mother was getting, she's it was about seventieth time. I think she's seventy four. She'll kill me for telling, saying that. By the way, but <laughs> but she was starting to order groceries more online and things like that. Amazon was exploding as big as ever, and just saw that subscription model coming out, like Dollar Shave Club, Shave Club, things like that. Hadn't really seen it in coffee yet. Like to be honest, it was kind of I followed what Saint Archer Brewing did. I saw that they brought on a bunch of action sports superstars, past legends, artists, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they created something unique in the craft beer industry. And I thought that was really cool. So I followed them and what they did and I'm like, you know what, that'd be cool. If somebody did that with coffee and looked around and nobody was, and you know, we born and raised in this town, I had access to a lot of talented individuals, you know, local surfers, skateboarders, artists, like I said, and I saw the opportunity like, Hey, we could probably approach some of these guys and and come together and do something cool. I remember. Sorry, back to that previous question about not doing a brick and mortar like a retail place. Someone could come up and get a latte. Was simply that's a completely different business model. It costs a lot of money that I don't have. <laughs> we don't have. Nobody has. So <laughs> <laughs> building a building a building a brand, that we can sell a product online was a little bit more feasible financially.
2: What was your sales pitch then to some of the ambassadors that you have? Danny Way, I think a friend of mine, Skywalker, is involved with you guys as an artist. Kimmy uh, Falsani, I mean, a whole bunch of great people in their field. What was, how did you go up and just say, hey, I have this idea. Do you want to be part of it? I mean, how was that a difficult sell? Was that something that you had to have like a, you know, you're prepared with your little deck or was it just like as simple as like, let's get a coffee or a beer and and here's an idea I have?
1: Yeah, exactly. Pretty much that. First, I had to convince these guys. To come aboard and, and be a part of this and creating the brand and creating, you know, the whole vision of what we wanted to do and what we wanted Maria to become. Um, once they were on board, we did just that. We had some certain guys we wanted to target and approach. And um, we built a cool investment deck, a website, had the vision and literally went and had coffee with Danny Way one morning and just said, hey, this is what we want to do. Would you be interested in coming on board? And he was super receptive and positive towards it. Same thing, we went over to Rob Machado's house, sat in his living room, kind of explained the vision, who we were, what we wanted to do, to be interested in being a part of it. And then he suggested Chris Jetler and Kimmy Fasani. You know, we ran into Taylor Steele and Todd Glazer, who's a local kid around town, uh, Ray J's good friends with Sky, and Danny suggested Alfonso Rawls, who's another local North County legendary skateboarder. And we kind of just you know, approach them all in that, in that sense. Like, Hey, this is something cool. And would you like to be part of it?
2: And Joe, you come, uh, you come from a coffee background. I believe you're, you were a coffee broker, are a coffee broker. I am. Yeah.
0: Yep. Importer and trader. And so that was another um, facet of this was having the direct connection to the origins where the coffee's grown and being able to work directly with the producers, the farmers and explain that story and just have that, you know, from basically from, you know, from where the coffee's grown and taking it all the way to the consumer. So that that's one thing that's a little bit unique too about Morea is is we do do that. And I go down and I visit these guys. They're our partners. We're trying to do a lot of stuff at Origin to help these communities down there. That's a big deal that I like to do. And so, you know, in order to do that, you know the best thing to do is to be able to sell their products to sell their coffee to continually year after year make a commitment to them and to buy their their products and to buy it at a at a price that they can make a living you know that's that's really important as well so kind of taking out some of the middleman that might exist there has helped us help us to you know be able to provide more for them at origin too and really become have a partnership with a lot of these
2: guys sure and i would say just from talking to other roasters, I know a lot of our great roasters in town have taken origin trips and do that. But you being the actual broker is something that is unique to you guys. I don't, I don't think that I've talked to anyone else who is like a broker that is part of their company yet. Yeah. And so that's kind of an interesting thing to cut when you say cut out the middleman. I mean, I talked to a lot of people who say origin stories. So I want people to know that like that really is different than what we've heard from other roasters.
0: And that's why it was, it was intriguing to me being on, kind of following the entire supply chain. So when Grayson came to me and had the idea, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is cool. You know, I'm just trying to get more exposure and, you know, get more things back to origin and coffee and, you know, help everyone out as much as we can. So that's why to me, it was a, it was a cool project.
2: One thing on the coffee side. I was going to, I wanted to know if you guys have a philosophy about how you treat these beans once they arrive here in the States and you're roasting them, if you have a roasting philosophy. And then also there's something, and maybe Joe, you, you might be best for this question, but on your website, it says that you produce all your coffee in small batches. And that's something I hear a lot. You see on a lot of websites, small batch roasting, but what does that even, what does that actually mean? Does that mean like you roast every bag individually? Is it five pounds? Is it a bucket?
0: Yeah, I guess it's, you know. I don't know the exact definition. I would probably say roasting anything from, you know, like, say, one pound, maybe up to 40 or 50 pounds at a time. You know, I think the larger production commercial roasters are doing, you know, 100 pounds at a time. But when you do roast those smaller amounts, you know, it's just a little more care, I feel like. I don't know if I would compare it to, say, a craft brewery compared to, like, say, Miller or Coors or Budweiser. You know with their big tanks but you could make that comparison a little bit i guess but normally like we we would roast like in in 15 pound um batches 15 to 20 pound batches so but certainly i i think there's probably a better definition out there for what the small batch is but i think that's that's pretty small you know you have to you have to roast quite a bit to to get somewhere so and that allows us you know the roasting philosophy is i think really just learning as much as you can about how to roast each bean, each origin is really different. The way that, say, they process the coffee, meaning if they wash it, if they keep the cherry on when they dry it, that's a natural. So all the different processes that they have. For example, we just been working with guys and great guys down in Guatemala, and they have an orange peel process, which is a new process that they created. And it's basically they use orange peel and kind of this mixture in the fermentation stage. So depending on all that diff those different things, roasting you need to roast differently. Every bean's a little bit different and trying just to maximize the best, the best flavor and the best profile out of each bean, I guess that would be our goal really. To to get the most out of compared to steak. You know, you try to try to cook the steak, depending on how you like the steak done, but Certainly, you know, there's. You'll talk to different chefs, and they'll be like, "Oh, yeah, I would never cook it
1: different, medium, medium well,"
0: you yeah. know, or or how they they do that. So that I I would say that's probably our our philosophy as far as that goes.
2: That's actually a really interesting analogy, the steak one, just because uh, I come from a restaurant world, and there's certainly. You certainly have guidelines, but there's an art to the roasting or an art to the cooking of a steak too, because each steak is going to be a little bit different depending on where it came from, what that animal had been eating and so forth. And the same with coffee, I think is what you're getting at is that if it comes from Guatemala versus Kenya, it's going to have an entirely different profile. So you're treating it different.
0: And the altitude, and there's so many different factors that that work into you know, the profile and the complexity and how you might roast it. Some beans do take a, a darker roast better, some are lighter. So it's it's really a, an experimentation and and research. And there's so much um knowledge. I mean, that's one thing that I really learned. Once I started to learn a little bit about coffee, I realized like how little I know. <laughs> so I mean, and every time, you know, I'll go to Origin, I mean the learning curve is just exponentially. You could I mean, I, I feel like now, everything that I do know, I know so very little. And now I'm getting more into the actual growing and how all that process works. And, and so hopefully we'll have some uh, Marea trees planted down at Origin soon. Um, we're working on some things like that with some producers down there and, and things like that. So a lot of cool, cool things that we can do. And, uh, and so yeah, it's really exciting.
2: We've kind of talked through like that first part uh, what inspired it, where the coffee's coming from, how you're treating it. But now you have this this bag of beans, but your subscription-based model only. How are you connecting with your customers? How are you getting it out there? You know, Ray J, how are you marketing it or working on collaborations with some of these action sports or artists that you work with? What is the model, not the model necessarily, but how do you say, hey, we have this cool thing now, we want people to know about it?
3: Yeah, so I can talk about that. And I think it's important to mention, too, that like the subscription model really enabled us to create roast cycles and and get coffee to the customer as fresh as possible. That was one of the in, initial goals and one of the initial kind of marketing pushes is really how fast can we get it from origin to the customer so they're enjoying a product that's as fresh as possible.
2: Sure. What do you, wait, Can you just uh, real quick explain when you say roast cycle, can you just describe what that means? Yeah. Yeah. Just so when we
3: roast it, um, so having the subscriptions enables us to say like on Wednesday, we're going to roast a new batch of like uh media and we're going to send it out to all our subscribers. And that, what that kind of does for us is it gives us the ability not to have coffee sitting for a long time. And that comes back to why we do stuff in small batches too, because we don't really want to have stuff sit too long. We want to make sure that this is really high quality coffee that they're getting. So the subscription model, allows us to do that. And also we are in a couple grocers and we go in and switch out the coffee pretty regularly to kind of keep that up as well. Because from the beginning, that was a very important point to us. On top of that, we've actually just recently really been making a push at redoing some of the blends, which we have done. We did something with Taylor Steele called Momentum, which kind of takes beans from different parts of the world that you that really liked. Oh, sorry for the kid. <laughs>
2: No, that's all right. Uh, I assume he's part of the company or she. I apologize.
1: Reggie, I'll take, I'll take over. I'll, I'll finish for a second. So Taylor Steele, we came up with the roast for him called Momentum. Taylor is a internationally famous filmmaker. He started off making surf movies here in Solana Beach, California, which is where we're based out of. And we approached him to be a part of Morea, and we came up with his individual roast called, like I said, Momentum. And kind of when we were talking with him it was we wanted to do something unique and as he's traveled all over the world you know indonesia and mexico are two of some of his favorite places he's ever been so joe was like great i've got beans from indonesia and mexico and i did some cupping with them right yeah we
0: cupped out and kind of did some different tasting and yeah came up with a with a nice blend a, a split of of using indonesia and mexico and it's a it's a dark roast that's that's what he liked and those two origins do take that a little bit darker roast they take on a nice flavor and and develop the the characteristics of the beans
1: so that's quickly becoming our most popular most popular sale
2: yeah taylor is an interesting guy i had a chance to talk to him recently about his tequila uh, venture as well
1: he's he turned us on to each other
2: that's right. Uh, I decided that when I grew up, I want to be Taylor Steele. Yeah. That's kind of my goal, I think. So that's kind of an interesting idea that you're creating, essentially, you, you created a blend based on his personality and his experiences. And so then as a as a drinker, they are kind of connecting with that those ambassadors for your brand. Is that the idea that you're getting at?
1: That's the idea, yeah, is to come up like we've got the momentum and we've got dark room with photographer Todd Glazer, which is a very, very dark roast. Yeah. And that's a,
0: uh, Todd was, that was our first blend and he's, he's very into coffee. So him and I geeked out quite a bit, you know, doing cuppings and tasting and, and, you know, I'd line up, okay, here's beans from 15 different origins. And so it was cool. You know, it was a cool process because working with these guys, working with Todd and Taylor, these guys are, Are artists and very creative. And it's just, it's just so cool to collaborate with them because they're very creative and they appreciate the process of creating something. And it was just really cool for me because I was, I was just like, uh, it was, it was fun. I mean, they're just, they're just such great guys and they're fun to work with. So that's, that's been awesome. And they're, they're into it. Um, you know, that was the other thing kind of bringing all these people together was they all, you know, they all love coffee. So they're passionate about the product and the industry and everything like that. So that's that's cool, too, because it's, you know, just like everything. I think the more exposure we can bring, it helps everybody and the, the you know, the, the local coffee scene and all our other roasters around here. And and, you know, hopefully all of us can work together and um, do maybe collaborations in the future and just just do cool things to to help
2: each other out. Do you actually let these ambassadors touch your roasting machine? I feel like that could be a very particular <laughs> um, sensitive topic. <laughs> I'll
0: let them uh, uh, sample the small roaster, the sample roaster, but not. Gotcha. The, uh, okay. Yeah.
2: You mentioned uh, collaborations. Are there any interesting new collaborations coming out? Or do you, I mean, a lot of roasters I've talked to, you collaborate with beer brands. You mentioned St. Archer as a model for the type of business you, you've done. Anything like that coming out or something that you've been working on?
0: we've got some, as far as collaborations, we do have some, a uh, couple things. We've done stuff with Pizza Port, especially in Solana Beach with the brewer, uh, Shainer there, Josh Shainer, good friend of ours. And then we'll have some stuff hopefully here coming up in the next month or two with uh, Viewpoint Brewing, which is in Del Mar here, and uh, and also Amplified Ales, which they're in uh, PB, uh, Miramar, and East Village. So,
1: we did a couple collabs yeah. with Artifacts too a few years
0: yeah, back. Yeah, Artifacts we've we've worked with too. They're, those are those are great guys, Nick and Johnny, and up and coming and, brewers from yeah. San Clemente. So, Local and I, guy, yeah. I think a lot of that is, I mean, for me is I just like beer, <laughs> so you know, <laughs> I like to drink beer. Again, it's great working with those guys are are very open and a lot of them work with each other and they're, they they have a really cool community. So, um, it's it's nice to collab with them you know, whenever we can and, and
1: we've gotten a lot of customers and a lot of good feedback from people that follow that beer world, you know, and that the people that we've done collabs with, it's been really cool. So he'll go, they'll go to events and these guys, I mean, these beer dudes are into it. (laughs) And they definitely, so they say, yeah, we used, you know, the dark room blend from Maria coffee. They will come to our website and they'll buy a bag of dark room and message us on Instagram and follow us on Instagram and things like that. So
2: so I come from a beer world as well and one thing I would say that that makes a lot of sense to me is people who are passionate about craft beer that are getting into coffee kind of have an understanding of the craft behind it and what they already are thinking about different types of hops so the leap to think about different types of beans or origins isn't a big one for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's a lot of comparisons for sure. One thing I was going to say on the back on the the marketing is when we started and and continually until, you know, covid obviously we we would do a lot of events you know a lot of surf events different kind of outdoor events and also support a lot of different charities in the area just trying to kind of connect to people and and support different groups like that you know locally here you know a, a couple military charities um we just did a deal with uh, some gift back baskets for um a uh, home start and so just trying to, you know, we do a, a thing with uh, stand up for, for the cure. That's a big paddleboard event down in San Diego to raise money for
1: cancer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: for for breast cancer. So yeah, getting out and and just, I think we found a lot of traction just being out in the community and doing tastings and and providing coffee at a lot of these events for free. You know, it's it's kind of grown a a, a nice base for us, I think. Yeah.
2: Well, you just mentioned, uh, you know, one of the big things that's impacted everyone is coronavirus. Being a subscription-based as opposed to a storefront, did you feel that as much? Obviously, I'm gathering you haven't been able to do as many events or any, I'm not sure, but how did the coronavirus kind of impact you, that initial wave back in the spring? And then, you know, how have you adapted since then?
1: I think the initial wave was a ton of uncertainty, you know, it was like, okay, is this going to last two weeks? Look, no, it's (laughs) going to last. Two months.
2: It's not funny, but it's kind of funny that we were all thinking that at the time, right? Sure,
1: sure. And that feels like that was two weeks ago. But you know, now is it going to last two years? Like we were doing tons of events and being out doing tastings at even like Seaside Market, providing coffee for the Ramachado Ramachado Foundation down. They do beach cleanups down at Seaside. So yeah, when that all hit, and we realized, okay. Can't go to the grocery store. People aren't going to coffee shops. Everything's going to start getting delivered. That's what we are. Let's, we need to ramp up our online approach, sales, Instagram ads, Facebook ads, et cetera, et cetera. So we did see spikes in that for sure. I mean, that's e-commerce. You know, you, you get what you pay for, well, <laughs> you know, but ads aren't free. So
2: <laughs> It's just a different approach to marketing, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of that, what is the best way for people to support your brand? you know is it setting up subscriptions? Is it following and sharing? I mean what are ways that people what where are people gonna find you and, and how would you how would you say this is an introduction to, to Maria and this would be the best way to keep us thriving during what's still an uncertain time
1: Ray do you want to handle that one or is baby still up? Baby, baby's going
3: crazy.
2: <laughs> he's excited. Uh, he's excited about this podcast. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I think so. It's kind of a mix. We have, um, we were doing a lot of business subscriptions too. So like businesses would uh, order coffee through us. Um, so that's gone down a little bit. But the best way now would be to jump online. We, we do subscriptions, but we also, it's worth mentioning, we do sell single bags online. So you don't have to do a subscription. You can try out any blend you want. For a single order and then we're also if you're local we're in seaside market in cardiff we're always up first kind of showing some support for the local grocery stores too
2: anything else that we haven't covered that you think it's important for people to know about your company
1: yeah we definitely have an incredible team of of athlete ambassador artists co-owners that are part of our brand um keep an eye out we're going to start launching a whole new bag design and one by one they're all individual roasts that will be coming out so
2: when i saw chris uh, benchler's name on that list of ambassadors that was my first thought was custom bags with his artwork on them <laughs> right
1: right yep. that's something we have meant to do since the beginning but you know starting your own business or your own company as everybody knows you know things don't tend to happen as quickly as you think and there's hiccups and bumps in the road and that's good we've lived and learned from those and we've We've um, overcome them, and I feel like we're really in a really good position to take our company to where we've always wanted to go heading into 2021. We've talked to Chris. We've talked to Sky. We've come up with some preliminary designs. If you see now, our bag is just a standard white coffee bag stamp, stickers, explains the story and whatnot. But we're going full on cool new designs, cool new website, all that stuff. So
2: there's really an intersection of, of coffee and art and uh And community is what it sounds like to me.
3: Absolutely.
2: Not to put words in your mouth, but but I think that's a really interesting... One One thing I'm gaining from listening to you guys talk, and you just kind of touched on the idea that things don't always go as you plan when you're starting a new business. And I think that's something a lot of people can relate to in that we have all these grand plans, but they're ultimately beholden to a whole bunch of other variables that we don't control, like coronavirus or you know getting a permit or doing whatever. And so as you're progressing and seeing those gains, I'm wondering how you guys... It sounds like you're going into 2021 feeling optimistic and looking for growth as opposed to just, you know, holding the old shit handle and, and hanging on.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be good year. We've got a lot of exciting products we're going to launch. So.
2: Last question is when you're not drinking your own coffee, if you were to go to say a coffee shop anywhere in town, what are you ordering? What are you drinking?
1: Personally, I drink black coffee, but I got to give a shout out to the Panikin. I'm born and raised in Lucadia. My dad took me there almost all every time. He took me surfing in the morning. That's we had to stop there first so he could get his coffee. Also, the guys at Bump in Cardiff, cool guys, and they make great coffee, great empanadas. Check them out. Yeah, good guys. And I just drink black cup.
0: I'm normally I'll do a pour over. Uh, Achilles Coffee downtown. They do great Kings Craft in Poway. They're awesome. Jaunt in uh, Miramar. Jaunt Coffee Roasters. They've got a nice setup there. Uh, man there's just there's just so many great shops all around San Diego uh, Dark Horse does a great job all these all these guys are really uh, really doing good up North county you've got steady state Libra coffee I'm gonna forget some guys so hopefully they don't get mad at me but <laughs> <laughs> there's there's good good things happening in the San Diego market you know but yeah so I encourage people to definitely support you know support the local independent guy you know, that, that's, that's, uh, out there roasting and yeah, they got that retail space and, you know, yeah. so if, if you can, you know, get to your, your local San Diego guys and, and
1: plus it's, yeah, it's good to support everybody and try out their coffee, say hello. And that's what I do. I don't go to a lot of different coffee shops, but I try to, you know, ask them questions and lean in towards
0: like, oh, yeah, I sell coffee on <laughs> the internet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're
2: like, get out of yeah, here. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> yeah, get out of the shop. Uh, Radio, was just asking them, uh, if you're not drinking your own coffee and you just stop by a coffee shop, what, what are you drinking? I'll
3: back what Joe kind of said. I go to a steady state. I'm actually in Oceanside. So I drive to their um, location in Carlsbad and, and grab a cup. They, they have some unique coffees that they get in that are really good and they do a good job.
2: I think that's it. Anything else we should uh, talk about today, guys? I don't think so. Keep an eye out. MariaCoffee dot is our website. Check us
1: out on Instagram. It's Maria Yeah, cool stuff coming out in twenty twenty one. Plus, we got a holiday holiday roast that we're yeah have.
0: holiday roast is uh we're putting it together. It's actually going to be probably three or four of the farms that we work with, like from Mexico, Guatemala, Costa Rica, and maybe Honduras or Nicaragua. Just guys that we know that we're friends with that um you know so it's kind of our i don't know tres amigos cuatro amigos no blend no stress for a guy that travels down
1: there my spanish isn't very good we <laughs> did we did a roast a few years back for the holiday we called it nuestros amigos which means our friends and we made a blend with all of...
2: well i appreciate you guys being here thanks for being on the show and uh we'll keep our eyes and ears peeled for all the new stuff coming out of your shop we're out of your uh, roastery, right? Thank
0: you there. so much for having us. This yeah. is this is cool. cool. It's really cool what you're doing. Your site's awesome, and and uh, it's great you're helping every,
2: everybody out in coffee.
1: I don't know about these guys, but I've never done anything like this, so I was pretty nervous. So.
2: <laughs> Either way, I was happy to have you here, and if you keep saying nice things about me, you know we'll try to keep promoting it as much as we can.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs>
2: A big cheers and a thank you to Grayson, Joe, and Ray J for taking the time to talk to me. A few months ago, I ordered several of their roasts to try and was pretty stoked, especially about the Momentum Blend. It was my personal favorite. I'd like to thank all of you for listening to this episode and all of the episodes of the Roast West Coast podcast this season. We've met a lot of great coffee roasters, entrepreneurs, and leaders, some of whom Steady State Roasting in Carlsbad, Ironsmith Coffee in Encinitas, and Zumbar Coffee and Tea became sponsors of the show, which enabled me to add the Coffee Smarter segment to the series. It would have been a much shorter show without their support, for which I'm eternally grateful. I've been thanking Chris O'Brien of Coffee Cycle every week for helping us get Coffee Smarter, and I'll do it again. Thank you, Chris. Please stop making fun of me. He'll be back in Season 2 with more Coffee Knowledge And we'll be expanding our horizons outside of North County, San Diego, to bring you more roasters, interview coffee farmers, and explore more of the leaders pushing coffee and coffee culture forward. Head to RoastWestCoast.com to learn more about Maria Coffee and find all of the up-to-date promo codes for coffee discounts, including 15% off right at MariaCoffee.com. Sign up with your email to get regular updates, coffee education, and even opportunities to influence the direction of the show. There, you will also find links to all of the back episodes of this show and a lot more. The content in these episodes is mostly timeless, but it also acts as a time capsule of what it has been like to try and get a cup of coffee, meet up with new friends, or run a small business during the age of COVID-19. We've all gotten used to it as the weeks have turned into months, and we've normalized the actions we take to fight against the spread of coronavirus. But looking back at some of the conversations I've had this year over video chat or putting my mask on to pick up coffee or wiping down a package filled with delicious roasted beans reminds me that this has been anything but normal. So I'd like to thank all of you, being willing to try something new and for putting up with me for the past few months. If you've enjoyed this show and want to share it with a coffee-loving friend or someone who's passionate about entrepreneurship, just let them know that they can search for Roast West Coast on any of the major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or even subscribe to the YouTube channel. You could even stream it on thecoastnews.com. They have been great local partners of this show, and I appreciate their willingness to support this project. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a rating and review. It really helps listeners find a new show like this one, and I thank you for helping us spread the word. Tag at Co on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter so I can find you too. Links are in the show notes. And if you just listened to this show for the first time, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Go back and check out all the great interviews, all of the Coffee Smarter episodes. Finally, please support your local coffee roasters and coffee shops. Most offer subscriptions if you never want to run out of coffee. Quite a few offer free shipping even. And you really cannot buy too much coffee from too many local roasteries this year. The money you spend supports so much more than one small business. It also supports the employees that work there, the vendors they work with, and so many more. The impact of those purchases will ripple out, I promise you. Shop small, shop local, and support those shops that have shown that they care about their community and make it feel like home to you. This episode of The Roast West Coast Podcast has been produced and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I can't wait to bring you more coffee content in season two. I hope this show finds you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity to make it through the day. And as always, be sure to drink good coffee. Someday soon, I hope we can drink it together.
0: And that's what we say, there's a saying kind of in, in my world, it's like there's a home for every coffee, right? Even the you know, the Ohio Turnpike coffee to the to the twenty five dollar a cup coffee.